Amen. I can't imagine tonight me ever turning out to be a beautiful thing. But with Jesus, I can. What a in his time. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Appreciate that special tonight. It was very good. Now we're gonna have our birthday birthday. We're gonna have our Christmas uh party. Gonna be the seventeenth at five o'clock on Saturday. And uh looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to do a little th little things different than we have in the past in the way of gifts, and I'd a I'd ask everybody to bring a gift card uh, this year, fifteen to twenty dollars in your gift card, um, and uh, we're going to do something different with that. Uh, we're going to have a trivia, uh, Matthew chapter one and chapter two. So if you want to begin to look into that, and and uh, we'll have questions from that two chapters and it's all about the birth of Christ of course and so we're looking to do that as well and and I got a few other things I got on my mind that I'd like to do that uh that would just be fun and I I want to I I know that many times that we're serious and we ought to be serious and and the preaching of God's word and and coming to church and living for Christ is a serious matter uh but sometimes we need to just have fun and sometimes we need to enjoy each other and uh, I'd like to do that, and uh, so we are planning on being here. I hope you're planning on being here. Uh, that's the 17th of this of, of December, okay? So I'll pray. Then also on the 25th of December, which is Christmas Day, we'll have a service and lunch. And at that lunch, I'd like to just make it very simple as well. And uh, again, sandwich is perfect. Just chips and dips and things like that. Nothing large, nothing big. Uh, that we have fellowship together. I like to take the Lord's Supper as well, and uh, on the 25th, and then have another service, and uh, and that'd be Christmas Day. No better day to have church than on Christmas Day, and so we're looking forward to that as well. All right, if you have your Bibles tonight, turn to First Thessalonians chapter five. And look in verse 16 as we stand to our feet here tonight and, and begin. I'll begin this message on Tuesday of last week. And uh, we talked about the first three of these seven ingredients uh, to perfection. To perfection. We're not talking about sinlessness tonight, but we're talking about being complete. And so we find in verse 16 uh, these scripture tonight that are like standalone scripture and yet tonight they are connected and so we find in verse 16 it says rejoice evermore now we began last Tuesday night to memorize uh, these verses and I've asked you tonight to do the same will you memorize them right now first Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 16 rejoice evermore you got it Got it, man. See how, how quick that was? Don't tell me you can't memorize Scripture. That was easy, right? We find in verse 17, pray without ceasing. Man, we got that. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, pray without ceasing. See, you can tell somebody tomorrow you memorize some Scripture. And then verse 18, in everything give thanks, right? We preach that, and then it says, why? For this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus concerning you. And so that tells us why. Then in verse 19, tonight we'll begin there in memorization. Quench not the spirit. First Thessalonians 5.18. Quench not the spirit. 
Verse 19, verse 20, despise not prophesyings. 21, prove all things, hold fast with that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. Verse 22, then verse 23 says, and. So there's a connection between those that we just read, those seven, and verse 23 says, and because of those that are part of your life, those seven ingredients, he said, and the very God of peace sanctify you holy, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name here this evening. We do thank you, Father, for the reading of your word. We thank you, Father, for the memorization of it, for giving us a desire to memorize the scripture, to give us the ability to do so. We pray now, Lord, as we hear the word of God tonight and as we go home and as we go through our week, that we are always keeping into our mind the word of God, these, these truths, God, these scriptures that may be a help to us in our life and that you've asked us to live. Father, again, thank you, Father, for all that you're doing and going to do. I pray that you enrich us tonight. I pray tonight, Lord, that you would empower us. I pray tonight, God, that you would enlighten us. Uh, that we may be able to walk with God and we may be able to live in such a way, God, that uh, we would stand forth in the midst of our darkness, dear God, in the midst of these last days, God, to show forth the whole world that Jesus tonight lives within us. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. And So tonight we, we see that in verse 23 is the bringing together of all the other seven in verses 16 through 22. We find that bringing together uh, with three things, and we, this is kind of the introduction that we came out with on Tuesday. we tell you again, the expectation of the Christian is in verse 23, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the expectation. That ought to be for you tonight, everyone who knows God, that I'm expecting Jesus to come. I'm looking for my blessed hope. I'm looking for the glorious return of my Savior. Every morning you get up or to be, today could be the day. The day I'm looking forward to seeing Jesus today, he's coming, amen? And so that is the expectation for those. It's a personal return. It's a physical return. It's a practical return. And we, uh, again, we preached on that on Tuesday. We found also not only the expectation of the Christian, but the ambition of the Christian. We found the ambition of the Christian is when Jesus comes back that we will be found blameless. The Bible says in verse 23, blameless. Uh, we understand that to be tonight uh, in a place of being pure, being clean, and being healthy at his coming. So that ought to be the very ambition of every one of us tonight. The expectation is Jesus is coming. I'm looking forward to that. But he just don't want to come and we're in any kind of condition. We want to be in the condition of being blameless. Amen. That's our ambition. And then we preached on Tuesday, not only our ambition, but our anticipation. The anticipation that we have is that we'll be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord. The anticipation is that we shall be absolutely perfect. That Bible, where the Bible says right here, sanctify you holy. Uh, that means to be absolutely perfect, complete to the end and complete 
in all respects. We found out through the scripture how it tells us, like Matthew 5, 48, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. We found in Ephesians chapter 4 that God's given you a pasture to perfect, to perfecting of the saints. Amen? And the Bible teaches us also in verse 13 that unto a perfect man. And that is the goal, that is the ultimate goal uh, that we preached the other day on. And so we find that the mind of God is that you and I become unto that perfect man and to the perfecting of the saints. And so we also know that in Colossians chapter 1 verse 28, uh, that Paul says, whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom to present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. There's that word again, complete, fulfilled. 2 Timothy 3.17 says that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so we see in the scripture in that verse 23 that our anticipation is, is that we become absolutely perfect but not absolutely perfect, but completely preserved. That God would preserve us, that he would keep us, he would guard us. And what would he keep and what would he guard? He would keep and guard our whole spirit, our whole body, and our whole soul. Those three that we're all made up of, the triune being that you have been created in, that the whole body, soul, and uh and the spirit tonight would be whole before God as when Jesus would come that we would be found blameless, preserved, sanctified, holy before the Lord. Isn't that what we want tonight? Isn't that tonight the desire of our hearts is that God would sanctify us holy and that we would be holy in our soul, our spirit, in our body, so that we may be preserved, held, hold, guarded with God, and we might be blameless before His coming, so that when Jesus comes, we are not only ready for His coming, but we have been, uh, been have to a place of being preserved for His coming. Amen? That ought to be the heart of every Christian in this room. Now, how do we reach that? What are the ingredients? And I like to use the word ingredients because in order to make a pumpkin pie, you've got to have some ingredients. And if you skip an ingredient, it's just not the same, right? It's got to have everything involved. And so whatever the ingredients is for the pumpkin pie, you can't short. You can't say, you know what, I think I'm going to skip that ingredient and expect the same taste. Or expect the same, same uh, maybe pleasure there with that, uh, peca- that, that uh, pumpkin pie. And so the same way with this mindset with the ingredients tonight, uh, the seven ingredients is just like God, and this is who he is going to separate or set apart, as he says, sanctify in verse 23. And so we find, number one, uh, the first ingredient to, to let to be as God would have us to be, uh, it be number one, which is in verse 16, rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. Every, all seven of these tonight, and we're going to go through all seven tonight, all seven of these tonight, it hits every aspect of the Christian. Every, every place that you and I tonight may have a question mark or we may have a concern or we may have a, a uh, maybe something that we need to 
fix or something we need to work on tonight. Seven areas of our Christian life right here in these seven ingredients. And the first one is, is rejoice evermore. You think, man, that ain't no problem, Brother Larry. I mean, to rejoice evermore. Listen, friend, that's a problem. How many people do you know tonight uh, that's always glad? They're just glad. They find gladness in whatever you bring to them. You say the world's coming to an end. And you bring something glad for the world coming to an end. Well, you know, the world is coming to an end, but that's what Jesus said. I'm glad about that because he's in charge. You know what I'm saying? And so whatever it is tonight, whatever circumstance, whatever trouble, whatever problem anybody brings to you, or whatever situation you're in tonight, to rejoice evermore means, rejoice means glad, just be glad, find the glad in whatever it is tonight that you're faced. That's what we need to do, amen? That'll help our children. That'll help our spouse. That'll help our church. Rather than just being negative with the negative and it ends negative, bring some gladness into it. That's what Christians are to do. Amen. We're the salt of the earth. We're the light. We're the light of the of the world tonight. Uh, we just don't add to the darkness. Uh, we will dissipate the darkness. Amen. Uh, we're not just what the salt is on, but we're the one who makes the difference because of the salt. And we got to know tonight that rejoice evermore is a part of our lives that we're going to have to get in control, and that is to be glad every time, all times, just to be glad. And that means find gladness in it. That means be glad about it. It means always give joy. In other words, offer joy whenever there's no joy. Take the situation that is horrible. Take the situation that's just disastrous and bring some joy. Present some joy to it. Give some hope. Amen. Give a light in the midst of darkness. Uh, give somebody some kind of comfort in the midst of their tragedy. Rejoicing evermore. That's what we are to be tonight. As a church, as a Christian tonight. We are to be the people that call and say, listen, man, my life is disastrous. My, my life has just went down the tubes here. And we'll say to them, yeah, it sure did. You deserve that. That doesn't bring any kind of help. But, man, if you can bring some joy, that will bring some help. You see, tonight, rejoice evermore. It's just not being happy because you're poor or being happy because you have cancer or being happy because you got a divorce or being happy because you got laid off, being happy because you ain't got nothing to eat or you're, you're sleeping in the dark or, or your car won't start or, or anything like that tonight. Well, I'm just so happy. Hey, you call brother. Hey, brother, hey, what you so happy for? I'm real happy now because my all my AC unit in my house is going to cost $7,000 to get it fixed. Amen. Praise God. That's crazy. Amen. But rejoicing evermore is not being happy that your, your AC is broke and it's going to cost $7,000. But you know what? It is, well, I still got running water and I still got food in my, in, my, in my refrigerator and I still got a car that drives and I still got a job and, and God will figure all that out, you know. And, and you know what? I'm just not going to worry about it. I'm just going to ask you to pray for me. And so tonight... We find gladness. We'll offer joy. 
And then that word rejoicing there tonight, it, it means a delight. It, it, means, it means something of cheerfulness with a gesture. Amen? When somebody comes into your presence, give them a little smile. Give them a little gesture with your face. Uh, say a little word. I mean, uh, have a little something there that they might be able to hang on to or, or get a hold of or, or maybe just a soft touch or, or maybe tonight you just say to them in a way, listen, I, I love you, I'm praying for you. But any kind of way that you bring a cheerfulness, gladness, joy, cheerful. It all means rejoicing evermore. Evermore means at all times. Can we do that? I'll bet you'd make a difference in your home tonight if one person, you, would be rejoicing evermore. I tell you tomorrow at work, you'll brighten that whole room up if you can just have rejoicing evermore. Tonight, I would say, I would challenge you tonight on the very first ingredient in order to get to verse 23 at his coming tonight. If you would just apply that verse into your life tonight, your marriage would be better, your parenting would be great, your church would be out of sight, and your work would be an awesome place to go. Amen, Brother Larry. That's right. We can't expect the world to rejoice evermore. We can't expect the heathens to rejoice evermore. We can't expect the enemies of us to rejoice evermore. Who in the world is going to rejoice if we don't? Number two. I know that's kind of old news for a lot of you, but I'm still exciting about it. Number two. Pray without ceasing. That's the second ingredient. Pray without ceasing. As we mentioned on Tuesday night, it's not saying that we're going to have to, everybody from now on, everybody tomorrow, you, you, you just sign a resignation notice to your work and tell them that your preacher said that uh, you're going to have to stay home for the rest of your life and you're going to have to stay praying on your knees. You can't work, you can't cut grass, you can't clean house, you can't cook, you can't do nothing. You just got to stay right there and just pray, bow down. Now, does that sound right? That don't sound right. Pray without ceasing means that every hour of your life, you've got to be in some sort of prayer mode. You've got to be talking to God. You've got to be looking to God. You've got to be having some, you've got to be bowed down to God. So there's never a time where you can't just maybe sit out there by the, on the porch and, and let the wind blow your hair. Not praying. You're just letting the wind blow your hair. So you're not right with God because you're not obeying this one verse. So what does it mean? What does it mean to pray without ceasing? Well, this is what it means. Tonight means three things. It means, number one, to depend on God at all times. That's what it means. That means that when you go in the morning to work, you're depending upon him. When you get home, you're depending upon him. At night, when you lay your head on your pillow, you're depending upon him. You're depending upon him this week to provide all the necessary needs for what you need depending upon him that word pray without ceasing means depending upon God at all times it means desiring of God at all times because when you begin to pray you're desiring of God for petitions and requests and things of that nature tonight you're desiring of God you're when you begin to pray you're depending upon God or you wouldn't pray and then thirdly tonight you are delighting in God because prayer is a lot about delighting 
It's a lot about praising and exalting and lifting up Jesus, amen. And so if you're delighting at God at all times, uh, it, it comes into the attitude of prayer. It comes into the spirit of prayer. Prayer is a connection. Prayer is communion. Prayer is continuation, amen. So we find number three tonight. The Bible says, in everything give thanks in verse 18. Gratitude is obedience tonight. Ingratitude is disobedience. Ingratitude tonight is sin. Ingratitude tonight is absolutely wickedness. Ingratitude tonight identifies the last days. Ingratitude describes Romans chapter 1. We find that what this word means here, this in everything give thanks tonight, it means number one, it means gratitude. Now, what does it mean to be grat have gratitude? It means having or being grateful. The grateful of what is in your life, the number one grateful that you have is for God. God. And all that God's involved and all that God has, you're grateful for. Whether it's your salvation, whether it's for Him, whether it's for your eternal life, whether it's for uh, the Spirit of God, the Son of God, the Church of God, uh, the saints of God, anything with God that's involved with God, I'm just thankful for. That's gratitude, amen? Gratitude is being grateful. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for things. I'm grateful for the happenings in my life, like the test and the troubles and the storms and the dark times, the difficult days. I'm, I'm thankful for that. I have gratitude towards that, amen? And so we find that that word not only means gratitude, but it goes a little deeper. It means appreciation. Appreciate. Now, some people say, well, I'm thankful for my car, but I wish I could get another one. All right? That's not thankfulness. Even though you said, I'm thankful for it, but really, you're not appreciating it. Appreciating is being aware of the value or the worth of God. See, that's appreciation tonight. And that is what this thankfulness is meaning, that I am aware of the value of God in my life. I'm aware of the worth of my family. I have the value of the worth of my father and the worth of my mother in my life. That's thankfulness. That's appreciation. That's a, a deeper word of thankfulness. It's gratitude, but it goes deeper. It goes to appreciation. I am an appreciation of my father and my mother. I'm appreciation of my passion. I'm appreciation of my job. I'm appreciation of the things in my life. I find the value of trials. I find the value of difficult days. I find the value of things in my life. You know, I need things like a screwdriver. I need things tonight uh, like uh, my car. I need things like a washing machine. I need things like a dishwasher. Things tonight are not what's evil, but it's are you appreciating those things? Do you find the value of those things, which means thankfulness? So we find that this word thankfulness is in three tiers. It's gratitude, having being grateful, but it's even deeper than that. It's an appreciation. Being aware of the value and the worth of God, things, family, and happenings. But thirdly, and this is what it means as well, it means satisfaction. In other words, when you say, in all things give thanks, what God is asking you, do you have this, is are you satisfied with God? Are you satisfied and content with family? Are you content tonight with Things? Are you content with the troubles and trials of life? 
You see, in everything give thanks tonight, for this is the will of God concerning you tonight, is are you satisfied with what God has given you? Are you satisfied with the parents? Are you satisfied with the children? Are you satisfied with the spouse? Are you satisfied with the economics that you have? Are you satisfied with the car and the truck? Are you satisfied with the health? Are you satisfied with all things that you have tonight? And if you are, you can say honestly, biblically, scripturally, godly tonight, I am thankful if you are satisfied. Because there's a many people tonight who say I appreciate you but i wish you'd change a few things right that's not thankfulness in the bible so don't go around telling me that you thank god because you don't thank god until you get satisfied and content with what you have and satisfied and content what you don't have then you become thankful anyway we preached that on tuesday you should have been here the person, the place, and the things you take for granted tonight is the very things that somebody's praying for. Let me say that again. The person and places and things tonight that you take for granted, your spouse, your children, your home, your car, your health, somebody somewhere is praying for those very things. Isn't that something? So tonight, that's the third. And we find as we go to number four tonight, and this is where we ended on Tuesday. We'll start right here in the way of the rest of the message. But uh, the fourth tonight is quench not the spirit. Quench not the spirit. The fourth ingredient into or unto perfection tonight. How do I get to the place in my life where I'm complete? Well, you rejoice evermore. Okay, I got that. You check it. Pray without ceasing. Got it. And all and everything, give thanks. Boom. Quench not the spirit tonight. What does all that mean tonight? Quench not the spirit. Well, it means tonight, number one, we've got to know and understand the works of the spirit. The works of the spirit. How, how is the working of the spirit in our lives that important? That one of the four ingredients for us to come into perfection, to fulfillment, to be completed, uh, friend, is us not quenching the Spirit. It has to be mildly important if it's part of this thought process tonight when Jesus is coming and I'm going to be blameless because I've been preserved because he sanctified me wholly, my whole spirit, my whole body, and my whole soul. Man, and part of that is quench not the Spirit. See, we don't talk about this much. We don't have this much about any kind of knowledge of what we're about to talk with tonight. We don't think about not quenching the Spirit of God, do we? We're not, we're not worried. We're worried about not having a lustful thought. Uh, we're worried about not having bitterness. We're worried about not having unforgiveness. We're worried about not uh, doing something to somebody to, to offend them. Uh, we're trying to make everybody happy. We're trying to please everybody tonight. But how many times do we think in our life, in our daily walk with God, and we say, oh, yeah, man, I'm not supposed to quench the Spirit. We don't think of that tonight. How many messages have you heard tonight where preachers got up and said, let me, let me preach on the quenching of the Spirit? Not many. Not much goes on in that. And, man, it's part of this ingredients tonight under perfection. You cannot become to the place of fulfillment. You cannot come to the place of completion. You cannot be what God wants you to be without 
not quenching the Spirit of God. And the reason why is understanding the works of the Spirit. So what are they tonight? Well, let me just give you a few. I can't give you all. I'm just going to give you a little bit. Number one, uh, the Spirit of God tonight helps us to know things and to remember things. John chapter 14. Uh, turn there with me tonight. And let's go through these together uh, here quickly if we could. John 14 in verse 26. The Bible says, but the comforter. That's the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I said unto you. My, what a comfort that is tonight to have a comforter, the Holy Ghost of God, that as we live this Christian life, as we live in this dark day, as we live tonight in this confusing world, as we live tonight in situations and circumstances, and I don't have all the answers, and I don't know what to say sometimes, and I don't know what to do a lot of the time. Do you? I mean, listen, there comes times I say, God, I don't know what to do here. I don't know if to say something or not to say something. I don't know to stay or leave. I don't know to get or go. I don't know of anything. Help me, oh God. And tonight is the Spirit of God that will bring to us tonight the very things that we need to know at the times that we need to know them. And then he'll bring the remembrance to our mind of the things that we need to know in order to live this Christian life. A friend, tonight, that's the work of the Holy Ghost of God. Quench not the Spirit. Can you imagine in the jam of life? Can you imagine in the difficulty of life? We say, I don't know what to do, and the, and the Spirit of God is quenched. You're in real trouble, friend. Because the very one who knows and the very one that can bring to your remembrance the things that you need to know, you have now cut off. You have now brought forth in a way of uh, not allowing him to do his work in your life. Number two, it helps us to understand things. Not only to know things and to remember things, but to understand things. Look in John 16 and verse 7. The Bible says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, there he is again, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he has come to reprove the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment, and of sin because they believe uh, not on me. We find he helps us to understand some things. To understand what sin is, understand when sin is, understand why sin is sinful and why sin is so destructive tonight. That's the Holy Ghost of God tonight who does that. He tells us tonight and teaches us that we understand about righteousness and what righteousness means and how do we get righteousness and how do we live a righteous life and how do I have a righteous way about me and, and how does righteousness tonight, that is doing right, being right and wanting to know about right. And friend, we need tonight to know these things. And the Spirit of God teaches us about judgment, when judgment is coming, how to judge. The Bible says, he that is spiritual judgeth all things. And so how do I do that? When do I judge? When do I make judgment of it? How do I reveal my judgment? When do I manifest what I judge? Amen. It gets complicated. But the Spirit of God tonight is the one who teaches us. These things for us to know, that we can understand. It's the Spirit of God tonight that helps us tonight to be in a place where we can make the right judgment. And we can live the right way. 
and we can have the right attitude towards sin. That's the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, thirdly, tonight helps us to, to be things. He said in Acts chapter 4, turn there with me if you don't mind, Acts chapter 4. And look there in verse 8. The Bible says, Then Peter, filled with this Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, My, he began to tell them some truth that they needed to hear. Look in chapter 13 tonight and look in verse 9. Paul, now it says, Then Saul, who is Paul, is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said a few things. See, in order for us to be what we ought to be tonight, we need the filling of the Holy Ghost of God. And if the Holy Ghost of God tonight be grieved tonight, we'll never be what we ought to be. There's times in our lives that we need to stand on our hind legs, and there's times in our lives that we need to stop and say, oh, no, we're not going to cross that line. And there's times in our lives that we need to say, listen, uh, you may not think that I'm right, but God is right. There's times in our lives that says, hey, listen, I've given you grace. I have mercy upon you. I've been long-suffering with you. I've been very patient with you. But the time has come that I need to tell you the truth of God's Word. I need to say, no longer are you going to go that direction. And no longer are we going to head in that path. And friend, it's going to take the Holy Ghost of God to make you come to the place of those things. Or you'll be pushed around. You'll be pushed over. You'll never amount to be anything for God. Yes, you're saved. And yes, you're going into heaven. But you're a weak link in the, in the very family of God. The filling of the Holy Spirit of God made a difference in Peter and Paul. Tonight in the ministry that God called them to be. We find, fourthly tonight, not only does he teach us and reminds us of things, and he calls us to understand some things, but he, he makes us be some things, but he helps us to have some things. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. He helps us to have some things tonight. He says there in verse 9, But it is written, as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear have heard, in, have heard entered, entered into the heart of man. The things, the things, he gives us some things. And it comes to the Spirit of God. Things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now, we haven't received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us from God. Tonight, every one of us tonight could see, could know, could understand that this is just not all of it. There's more to come. And only the spirit of God can bring that enlightenment to us. Only the spirit of God can bring us to living from day to day, living from hour to hour, to living from today for eternity. Only the Holy Ghost of God could say that I'm looking for that city, that city of God. I'm just a pilgrim. I'm just a stranger. This is not my home. I'm just passing on. Not everybody can say that. 
but only those that the Spirit of God has brought revelation to. No eye has seen, no ear has heard of the things, the Bible teaches, the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. Man, we got so much before us. Tonight we've been blessed. Tonight we have more than we can handle. And tonight we've got more than we deserve. Oh, but there's a whole lot more tonight. And only the Spirit of God can bring that revelation to us. Is there anybody tonight that you don't need to quench? It'd be the Spirit of God. Can I say here fifthly, I got more. He helps us tonight to be wise of things. Turn to John 16, 13. John 16, 13 tonight. He says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truths. For he shall not speak of himself, but whosoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He will show you the things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. He helps us to be wise for things. He leads us. The word God is lead. Not only does he lead us tonight, but he directs us. He informs us. Tonight, we have some very difficult uh, decisions to make in our lives, like who to marry. Tonight, if you got the quenching of the Spirit tonight, you're going to marry the wrong guy. You'll marry the wrong gal. you got some decisions to make tonight. What church do I go to? Well, without the Spirit of God tonight, you're going to go to where your flesh is going to be satisfied or your flesh is going to be be happy with you got some decisions to make tonight what house do I buy where do I make the investment of a hundred and fifty two hundred thousand two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a 30 year period the car I need to buy which one there's thousands out there do I need to put my money into that I need to pay interest on and to take up for a monthly note. Amen. There's some serious questions that need to be asked and some answers that we need to know tonight that we need God to guide us and we need God to lead us and we need God to inform us. And how will he do that tonight? By his spirit. By his spirit. Oh, this Holy Spirit tonight. You know, like somebody said that girl this morning said, I, I should have said something about the Holy Spirit tonight. She should have came back tonight. And she'd have heard about the Holy Ghost tonight. She missed it. She missed it. She missed it by some hours. Amen. Instead of coming at 11, she should have came at 6. If you see her tonight, you can just tell her that. Can I say number 6 tonight? The Holy Ghost of God helps us with things. Think of Romans chapter 8. And look in verse 26. Romans chapter 8. And in verse 26 tonight, he helps us with things tonight. He says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Now, infirmities means weakness. So, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our weaknesses, our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He, he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And so tonight he helps us with things. Like what things? Like tonight in our weaknesses. The Spirit of God tonight's praying unto the Father 
about our infirmities. Isn't that good? You don't, uh, you don't pray tonight and say, pray, I'm praying uh, to the Father in Jesus' name, but I want to address the Holy Ghost. Hey, Holy Ghost, uh, you begin to pray for me, okay? I got some weaknesses. That's not the way this works tonight. You never, ask, never have to ask the Holy Ghost of God to pray for you. He's just praying for you. Isn't that good? And then when you want to pray, there might be times when you don't know what to pray. In your quietness, the Holy Ghost of God speaks to the Father. He says, hey, Father, I know that, I know that your son, I know that your daughter right now, uh, they just don't know what to say to you, but I know what's in their heart, and I know what's before them, and I know where they're headed. I know all about what you want in their lives, and I know about what they are in their lives tonight. Let me just pray for them, make intercession. Let me just tell you about your children. <laughs> I mean, that's the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost of God tonight. I mean, you don't know what to say. He knows what to say. Uh, Fred, you don't know anything, and he knows everything. Man, when you're weak, he helps you. When you're quiet, he helps you. And when you're just clueless, I don't know what in the world's going on. You ever been there before? I have no idea what just happened. The Holy Ghost says, I got you. I'm on it. I'm already got me and the fathers already talking about you. <laughs> hey, friend, let me tell you something. There's one person tonight that you better not quench, and that's the Holy Ghost of God. And this life that you and I have to live for Jesus, man, he helps us. He helps us to produce some things. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. I think there was a mention about this verse as well for this morning. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. He helps us to produce some things. He says, for the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and longsuffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. Against, there's so, no such law tonight. Uh, those nine attributes of the fruit of the Spirit of God tonight. You produce those, but only because of the Holy Ghost of God. There ain't nobody in this room can love unless the Holy Ghost of God produces that in you. There ain't nobody in this room tonight has joy except the Holy Ghost of God will bring forth that joy. Nobody in this room has peace except the Holy Ghost of God. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Man, tonight, uh, if we're going to want love and joy and peace and long-suffering tonight and we're going to want things like gentleness and goodness tonight and we're going to want faith and meekness and temperance tonight you can't quench the spirit of god are you going to be the opposite of this the spirit of god seals us under the day of redemption the spirit of god gifts us there's gifts of the spirit tonight each one of us have been gifted by the Spirit of God does that. The Spirit of God tonight indwells us. We talked about that this morning. The Spirit of God baptizes us into one body. The Spirit of God tonight sanctifies us. He sets us apart unto God. And then lastly tonight, the Spirit of God helps us to see some things. Turn back to John chapter 15 with me. John 15, and look there in verse 26. 
the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's the Spirit of God that brings into your life that you can live without being afraid. We find in John 16, looking in verse 14, He shall glorify me, for he shall receive mine own, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I, he that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. See, it's the Spirit of God that helps us see things. He helps us to know Jesus, to love Jesus, to worship Jesus. Can I say here, uh, secondly tonight, not only the works of the Spirit of God, but the warning toward the Spirit of God. And here's the warning, verse 19, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, do not quench. That's the warning. Do not quench whatever you do in your life as a Christian tonight. Do not quench. Quench not the Spirit. So you say to me, well, if he asks and he tells and commands, do not quench, it tells me tonight that you can, right? If God says do not quench the Spirit, it's telling me that I have the ability and the capability of quenching the Spirit of God. You, that word quench there, uh, it would mean to suppress. In other words, tonight my behavior and my action can suppress the Holy Ghost. Hmm. That word there in the way of quench, it means stifle. It, I can stifle the Spirit of God. So there's things in me, there's things about me, there's things that come from me tonight that could stifle the Spirit of God. It means you can snuff out. Snuff out. See, the word quench, it means extinguish. Go out. It's representing as a fire, and you are restraining the power of it. The Holy Ghost of God as a fire in your life that brings power. And you suppress the power. And now you have no power. It is a fire that brings forth a very effect. And yet you stifle that effect and you have no effect. It's a power of a fire that brings enthusiasm. But you snuff it out and you're dead as a hammer. You're cold as ice. You're hard as a rock. What's wrong with me? You quenched the Spirit of God. That's what's wrong with you. Now, how do I do this? You do it by disobeying Him. You do it by disregarding Him. And you do it by disrespecting Him. You can do it with act. You can do it with word. And you can do it through thought. You cannot remove the Spirit of God. You cannot replace the Spirit of God, and you cannot re uh, remake the Spirit of God, but you can restrain the power of God. You can do that. And you can hinder the influence of God in your lives. I would think tonight that the very fourth one tonight 
where it says, quench not the spirit, is mildly important. Number five, despise not prophesyings. Again, every one of these seven hit every area of the Christian life. So let me give you this one and then we'll close. I'm sorry I'm not able to get to all of them. Maybe on Wednesday I'll do that. Despise not prophesyings. Verse 20. What does that mean? Well, the word despise means to make utterly nothing. The word prophesying is representing or mentioning of the preaching of God's word. And so he's saying despise not prophesying, meaning to make utterly nothing of the preaching of the word of God. When you hear the word of God tonight and you make it nothing, you're despising prophesying. That's tonight a sin. You utterly, you utterly come to the place where it has nothing to do with you. You don't want it. You don't like it. It don't affect your life. Matter of fact, it goes through one ear and out the other. It goes right over your head. I mean, it's just absolutely not on your radar. And you treat it as if it's utterly nothing, the preaching of God's Word tonight. You'll be held accountable for that. One day in your young life, God will begin to bring to you the place where you're going to pay and you're going to give an account for every word that's ever been preached from God's man. And tonight, the Bible teaches us not uh, to come to a place and despise not the prophesying. It also means, the word despite means to set it not. So you say it like this, to set it not the preaching or the teaching of God's Word. You set it not. In other words, it's just not that important. I'm, I'm not showing up tonight. It's just not that important to me uh, that I need to come. I think I'm just going to lay out. I'm not feeling well anyway. Uh, you know, I just kind of like it's just the old same thing. You know, I, I can come to church and we go through all that process, you know. But you know what? It's just set it not. I, I think I just will uh, pass tonight. Tonight, that's dangerous for you. Because the Bible says despise not the prophesying. To make utterly nothing of the preaching of God's word. To set it not of the teaching of God's word. And then it also means to lightly esteem of the importance of of the Word of God, to lightly esteem it. Whenever your parents is having a Bible study, having a devotion, and he, he's asking you, your father's asking you, hey, listen, I want to tell you about the Word of God, and you don't want to listen, and you don't want to pay attention, and you're sleeping, and you're causing trouble, and you, I don't want to come in there, I don't want to listen to all that tonight, and uh, friend, you're going to find yourself in hot water with God. Because you come to the place where you lightly esteemed the importance of the Word of God. When you have a spouse tonight who's trying to lead the home and have some devotions in the house and, and uh, you make light of that. And you say, oh, we don't need that. You go too long and, and you say too much and, and uh, you know what, uh, you're, you're over our heads and, and all this, that and the other. And, and uh, you bring all kind of ways why he shouldn't do it and, or maybe make some trouble because that he ought to do it or he doesn't do it well or he doesn't do it long enough, he doesn't do it. Father enough means always a complaint on your side. Tonight you're taking lightly the importance of the Word of God. Tonight we need to pay attention to this. Despise not prophesying. 
utterly making nothing of the preaching, setting at naught of the teaching, making light of the importance. And then another definition of the word despise means to make no account of the significance of the Word of God. To make no account of the significance of the Word of God. That I hear the preaching of God's Word and it does not affect me. I hear the preaching of God's Word, but it does not change my life. I hear the preaching of God's Word, but it does not move me. It does not have anything to do. I, I, I feel it not. It has no effect in my life. It doesn't bring no impact. It doesn't bring any influence. And you know what? I still live the same old way I've always lived, even though I'm listening to the preaching of God's Word tonight. You're in trouble. Despise not the prophesying. We find tonight that this means thinking that you don't need a continual instruction of God's Word. You're thinking that. I don't need the continual instruction of God's Word. That's despising of the prophesying when you think that way. Let me give you another one. When you think you're already wise enough to live the Christian life, that you don't need more preaching, you don't need more Sunday school, you don't need anybody to tell you nothing, you got it all together. That's despising of prophesying. When you think that you can slight or neglect the preaching of God's Word, and it's okay. When you think that preaching God's Word is vain, empty, or worthless, and it has no value, you're despising the prophesies. Tonight, when you think that you don't have to hear and don't have to agree and you don't have to apply the Word of God, you're despising the prophesying. The Bible says in verse 20, despise not prophesies. In Proverbs 13, 13, I close with this one verse. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. Whoso despiseth the word, Proverbs 13, 13, shall be destroyed. But he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. The word of God tonight is useful. The word of God tonight is needful. The word of God is helpful. The word of God is joyful. And the word of God is powerful. You better be careful. And what all that means to you as being a Christian tonight. Let's stand to our feet. Tonight our eyes are bowed and our eyes are closed. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. I sure like the thought tonight of verse 23. How God will sanctify me, my whole spirit, my whole soul, my whole body. He will preserve me blameless under the coming of the Lord. But I wonder tonight, is there any work on our behalf tonight that we need to do? Are we rejoicing evermore? Are we praying without ceasing? Are we giving in everything? Are we giving thanks tonight? Are we not quenching the Spirit of God? And are we not despising of the prophesyings. There's some things I need to get with my Lord tonight. Is that you? You come. You come. Let's go to the altar tonight and say, God, I need some help. I need some help. I, I've got to get these things in order. These five things in my life got to be in order. 
There's no options here, dear children of God. There's no, like, exceptions. It's got to get in order. You've got to get in an order. There is absolutely no other way tonight. I wish there was a road of deter. I wish tonight there was something I could tell you and say God will overlook it. That God will just accept it. But there's nothing of that nature. He lines it out. And you have to be obedient to every single one of those. Now the goodness with God is this. If I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Tonight, if you'd come with honesty and humility and say, God, I, I have failed you in this one and that one, but I don't want to. Would you help me? God, would you help me? I hate to stand before God one day and say, God, I've despised prophesying. I've quenched the Spirit of God. Lord, I haven't given you thanks because I'm not satisfied with nothing. Lord, I ain't praying without ceasing. Lord, I'm not rejoicing evermore. Don't get caught like that. There's some have come tonight. Would you come? You sing, Brother George. Christians are doing business with God. God, I need help tonight. This is serious matters. This is sobering thoughts that if I'm going to get to the place where it says, and the God of peace shall sanctify me holy. These seven things must come in line. God help us tonight. If you notice tonight, these are not options. He doesn't give you as if you'd like to, if you should, if you might. These are commands. Rejoice evermore is a command. Pray without ceasing, command. And everything give thanks, command. Quench not the spirit, command. Despise not prophesying, command. Tonight you're either obedient or you're disobedient. Would you come? Would you come, oh Lord? God, forgive me, Lord. How I failed you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. Just need you tonight. Bless your holy name. And Brother George, will you dismiss us tonight with a word of prayer? Thank you all for being here tonight. May the Lord bless you.
Mm-hmm.